Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business-to-business meeting system. Also, make sure to donate to Extra Life. We've got a link down below in the description, or you can even join the Indie Game Business Extra Life team. That link is down in the description as well. Here we go, Indie Game Business. Hi, welcome. Uh, I hope everyone can hear me. Welcome to this session. Um, this session is called a deep dive into a publisher assessment of a new deal. Um, basically, this is for anyone that is interested in pitching to a publisher uh, and wants to know a little bit more about how that works behind the scenes. So imagine you've pitched successfully, your potential publisher is interested, and both sides feel like they may have found a match. It's time for an in-depth conversation about your team, your project, and both of your future potential. And we do that to get, to ideally achieve mutual understanding and alignment. So what could a publisher possibly ask and what would we care to know? Um, in this talk, I'm going to focus on the topics that I investigate when uh, I'm working on signing a new potential development partner for Sedesco. And I feel that in the past five years, I've learned a thing or two about the uh, positive signs, but also signs of risk that I need to be on the lookout for when I'm trying to uh, do that deep dive uh, pre-sign. Ideally, I hope you'll take away some insights about the inner workings uh, of at least one publisher's approach to pitch assessment. A um, couple of household notices. This is a Sedesco perspective. We, I will be doing a quick introduction shortly, but we are a console and PC publisher from the Netherlands. We do uh, premium titles, um, digital and at retail. So that also entirely means that the way that we assess is tailored to the kind of portfolio that we, we offer. Um, and similarly, just as varied as you have flavors of publishers, you also have unicorns in every team, uh, every project, they're all unique. So keep in mind that uh, the way that we approach this uh, is going to be our own unique approach and it's, it's not necessarily going to work for every publisher or every project. Quick introduction. Um, I am a programmer and uh, I have a programming degree, but during my education, I realized that programming wasn't for me. I loved the academic part. I loved the research. I loved the documentation. I loved organizing teams, but the actual coding was better left to people that were um, much better uh, able to do that, but also got much more enjoyment from it. Um, what I did do is organize events all alongside university. So I was organizing my own conferences. I was organizing network events and, during one of the, the last conferences that I did, Sedesco was the, uh, the sponsor for the Indie Awards. And they realized that I'd be graduating, that I needed a job, that I could organize things. And as a fledgling publisher, they were trying to uh, find a producer to work with them to get new titles 
uh, launched to the public. So I ended up um, with Sudesco in a, as the very first producer. Uh, Sudesco itself is still a, a young video game publisher. Um, they didn't have a publishing or production pipeline to speak of when I joined them a little over five years ago. Uh, in that time, we grew from maybe five uh, FTE to approximately 30 people. Um, we've done over 40 titles. We've done digital retail. We've done uh, console and PC. As mentioned, we primarily do uh, premium titles. Uh, we also offer special editions, as you can see behind me. Um, and what we found uh, as we grew is that every project and every team is full of unicorns. Every project is unique. It's going to need a custom tailored service package. Um, we started off only offering the first few standard services like localization and age ratings, but from there we grew to basically anything that a developer could need. Uh, we started adding more services like, of course, marketing, also things like testing, uh, porting, outsourcing, licensing, and we've basically been, been expanding what we offer from there. So that's who I am, who we are. Um, wanted to give you a bit of a, a warning for what this, this uh, presentation isn't going to be about. So this presentation is not going to be a pitching 101. It's also not going to talk about your deal and terms negotiation. It's also not going to talk about your contract. Um, this is basically your, your typical round one, uh, a high level abstract assessment of the promises that you as a developer are making in your pitch and uh, the assessment of our, our business development and management team, whether that pitch will uh, fit with uh, our timeline, uh, our budget, basically our portfolio, uh, everything related to that. And um, the, there are many talks and uh, lecture slides available on that topic. There is, my, my session got moved around, so I'm not sure if this talk already took place, but there is a talk during this conference actually called The Art of the Pitch Deck, which is also um, going to help you get that settled. And in the Indie Game Business podcasts and webinars, there's a lot of information available about how to put together a good uh, pitch to actually hook your publisher to get them interested in the early stage. So I've got a, a couple of uh, suggestions for episodes for the podcast listed on the slide. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, that's not what we're talking about today. What we are talking about is the stage that comes afterwards. So see this as a round two. Um, uh, it's a, oh, I'm getting a, a ping that the art of the pitch deck isn't going to happen this week. Well, there are plenty of talks out there anyway. I'm happy to point you towards some after. Um, what this is about is round two, uh, the, the second stage of assessments. So as mentioned, your publisher is interested, you're interested, you find that you've got a bit of a budget and a timeline fit. Um, and now it's time for that in-depth conversation on a granular level, getting a detailed assessment of your plan to keep those promises that you're, you've made in your pitch. So anything related to your team, your project, the franchise, budget, timeline, we want to know how you're going to back up the promises that you're making. So what I'm going to be talking about is the way that I will uh, analyze things like the team, the um, peripherals, like the information, the more technical side information about your game that we also need to know about. Uh, I'm also going to do a bit of a dive into what kind of uh, details, the details about your game. So what is the game? Um, 
and also how, are, how could it possibly be marketed. Uh, I'm also going to look at the planning and the budget. And lastly, I'm going to uh, look at the future potential for uh, the game, as well as the franchise, as well as your team. And something that I want to point out that I do also point out to all of the developers that we work with is it's we work with a lot of new developers. It's okay if you don't recognize a term, if you don't have an answer or don't have an answer yet, or you are only gave, able to give me an imperfect answer, that's fine, just talk to me. So I'm going to ask questions based on the assumption that you'll know what I'm talking about because I can't smell what you do or don't know, but it's totally fine to ask. It's better to start that dialogue and see um, if we hit it off communication-wise than for you to make assumptions or for you to um, try to hide that you maybe not be as familiar with the topic as I uh, mistakenly uh, expect you to be. So let's dive in. Um, first off, the team. Um, I want to know about your team. I want to know about the individuals in your team, but also the team configuration. So what I want to know is what is the history of the individuals? Um, what is the history of the team as a team? What is their experience? So in the industry, outside of the industry, what is their familiarity with the genre? Uh, have they worked in that genre before or is it something entirely new? Uh, what, what kind of hard and soft skills are there? And of course, that's a very intangible topic, but it's something that um, can make a huge difference. So it's definitely something where I'm going to feel out um, what, what your team is like and what they're capable of. Uh, I'm also going to be interested in how available your team is and how flexible your team is. Um, I'm going to illustrate that with the examples, uh, example teams on the side in a moment, but uh, that is something that can also be highly variable. Uh, and lastly, Super practically speaking, I want to know uh, how far along you are with your platform holder registration. So if you're uh, already registered, if you already have your kits, uh, that sort of thing. So to illustrate the point, um, we work with a wild variety of devs. Uh, and especially amongst indie devs, there's a lot of different kinds of teams that you can encounter. So for example, take developer A. They are a solo developer. They wear all the hats at the same time. Uh, they have a very varied uh, skill set. They have already released five games by themselves. Uh, they have uh, experience with one current gen console. So for example, they have already released one of those games uh, on Nintendo Switch. Uh, they have familiarity with the genre. So they are, they've basically just been tweaking games in that same genre. Um, uh, but they are only available part-time. So they're only available either at night or over the weekend because the rest of the time they have a, a regular day job. Um, team B is a veteran dev team. They have three games that they released as a team after coming out of uh, a history of being in, for example, uh, mid or AAA uh, development. However, uh, most of their experience uh, especially as a team, is working on mobile games. And for the very first time, they're now trying to uh, be out there on console. Um, for them, it's an entirely new genre. And they are only available outside of work for hire because they have to keep their bills paid. So uh, whenever they have a work for hire project, that takes precedence. And Team C is a freelance developer team. Uh, they have zero games released as a team. 
but collectively they've each released 10 games, either in indie teams, in AAA teams, um, alone or with a much larger team. Um, on the other hand, they have uh, experience with all current gen consoles. They have some uh, familiarity with the genre, uh, at least in some of their team members. And because they have gone, gone all in on this, this project that they're working on, they're available anytime. So as you can see, uh, if I look at details of, for example, the history, each team comes with their own risks and positives. So some of them uh, will have uh, a lot of history in the game development industry, or for example, they have, uh, as, a, as a freelancer, you have experience with other types of interactive experiences. On the experience side, you can have folks who have a lot of experience with console development, folks that have experience with mobile, and folks that don't have experience, much experience in the game industry at all. So for each of these points, there's going to be um, a lot of variables that we have to take into account to assess where the risks are, um, and for example, where the opportunities might be. So maybe uh, a team has a standout experience with a certain license holder, or um, they've been working as a team for so many years that uh, we can trust on that team to work well as a team. There is little risk of someone just walking out upon them. Um, outside of the uh, individual and team configuration, we also want to feel a click with a team um, that is a little bit about the speed and the quality of the communication. Um, but with that, I don't mean, hey, you're in a different time zone. When I send you an email, I'm going to expect you to reply within an hour. That's not the case. But I do want to feel like if I send you an email, I don't have to remind you uh, week over week to actually get an answer. Um, I also want to feel like there's a certain level of quality to the communication. So I want to feel like you're listening. Uh, I want to feel like you uh, either understand or ask questions when you don't. Uh, and through that, I hope to feel some sort of mutual understanding that you are um, engaged in the conversation, that you want to make good business together uh, outside of just wanting to find a publisher. We're in this for the long haul, so we're looking for long-term relationships, and that means that we, we want to click with you as a team. So that is it for team assessment. Um, moving on, so there are some project details that can house a lot of risks. Um, some of the things that we're going to look at are what engine are you using? Uh, what version of that engine are you using? So is that a recent version? Is it stable? Is it well supported? Um, the same thing goes for the platform support. Uh, do the console plugins regularly get updated uh, or are they already getting deprecated? Um, Something that isn't, for, for all of this goes, none of this is a deal breaker. So for each of these points, it's just an assessment of what, what is your project? What does it look like? Does it fit with us? Um, but there, there are no instant no's. So it's all about figuring out uh, whether you and we, we align. Um, so, also, for, for example, license fees, that's also something where we want to know that you thought about it, that it works with your project. Uh, is it a risky one-off uh, project where you're just trying to figure out if this entirely new genre idea works, 
or is it a project where your entire team has ha has their sights set on making this into a franchise? So those are all elements that we look at. Similarly, for the plugins, um, we want to know if there is steady support for all the target platforms that you mean to release on. So the plugins that you are using, um, do they have plugins or support for all the console platforms, for example? Uh, and if you are required to upgrade your engine or your SDK, uh, how reliable is the developer of that plugin to provide you with that support? Or if something breaks or something like that, uh, will the developer of that plugin offer, for example, updates once a month, once a year, or whenever they feel like it? Those are all things that we need to know about to see where the risks are going to be. And for example, if there's a chance that you're going to have to rip something out and write it all over again. Um, more on that topic. So what we're also going to be looking into is your um, the makeup of your team and who's providing the work for everything that's part of the game. Uh, are you using, for example, asset packs? Are you using a composer uh, who is only offering you their work as a freelancer or uh, anything like that? Um, we need to know who owns those materials. So um, have you signed an agreement? If so, what does that agreement look like? What is the scope of that agreement? Do you have the rights to use the uh, materials worldwide exclusively, perpetually for all purposes? Or have you actually only signed to use a jingle in one Steam release and you're not allowed to do anything else with it? There's a lot of details that we have to figure out on that side. Um, another thing that we need to know is if you've made any royalty deals, uh, rev share deals with um, the folks that are delivering materials to you that aren't part of your team. And that's not necessarily, again, not a deal breaker, but uh, if you do keep in mind that, for example, royalty reports are going to require a lot of overhead and the fact that you have to split out how many copies you've, you've sold, um, what percentage was part of that particular slice of your content, uh, and you're going to have to do that uh, every month or every quarter at infinitum, and that is a lot of work. So especially for a project that may not hit a, be an instant hit, just provide you sufficient revenue, that might be uh, more overhead than you, you estimated up front. Uh, another detail that we always have to take a look at, which I wasn't really able to slot anywhere else, is how well optimized is your game and how well optimized are you going to be able to make it with your team. So think, for example, the comparison between a student project for a team that's only ever learned to program in Unity and didn't have an optimization focus in their education versus a veteran team that has a senior programmer who has a whole slew of experience optimizing um, for weaker platforms. And as we uh, publish on all the vanilla platforms as well as Nintendo Switch, it's critical for us to assess what the state of the optimization is uh, early on. And with that, we can head into a little bit of a dive into the game itself. Interestingly, this slide is actually the only slide that is about the game itself. Um, that is because, well, this is not meant to brag, but probably not at all even, but we see maybe 500, 600 games a year and we, have a good grasp of what games are like. So if your pitch is good, 
we're going to know what the game is that you're trying to, to work with us on. So I'm not going to go at length into this topic. What I do want to know about is the scope. Uh, I want to know which platforms you want to do. I want to know which platforms you're going to be able to do yourself and which ones you want us to take care of, if any, um, and how you back that up. Like, do you have people that have experience with that? Or do you say, like, hey, we don't have experience with that, but we want to gain that experience? Those are all things that we're going to have to know about. Um, I'm also going to want to know approximately how much gameplay time there is in your game. And I realize that's a very pesky question to ask, but I'm going to want to know what is the minimum amount of time a person would take to really feel satisfied playing your, your game? What is the average time and what is the maximum amount of time? And especially on the maximum side, if you have any sort of replayability, I understand that it can get very high, but I need some sort of metric to be able to gauge um, to, to position the gameplay time compared to other projects, basically. Um, to fill that in a little bit more, I'm also going to, going to want to know about uh, more details in depth of the game itself. So the modes, the features, the mechanics. Um, I also want to know, of course, what is the unique selling point? So why is your game uh, not a match three game for the first time on console? Um, I want to know what makes it unique. Um, I also want to know if there's any replayability. So is it something with procedural generation? Do you have multiple approaches to a section of gameplay? Do you have branching narratives? Um, I want to know more about what there is to that. Uh, if you don't have it and you just have a linear experience with interactive elements, you want to tell a certain story, that's also possible. I just want to know um, what there is to it. Similarly, um, I want to know about if you want to offer multiplayer, is that asynchronous or synchronous? Is it cooperative or competitive? Uh, is it local or online as well? And that feeds into the next topic, and that is online functionality. Do you offer any online functionality uh, outside of multiplayer, such as leaderboards, uh, friend support, any other sorts of APIs that have to ping a server? Those are all things that I see a lot of devs want and then don't have backing for. Um, and it's also something that can take a lot of time to implement as well as get certified. So those are things that I need to I need to really be aware of the details early on. And the same goes for cross-platform, which is something that developers feel uh, very eager to promise, even though they may not even have access to the platform documentation yet. Um, it's not that easy. And it's also not that easy to get approval for it. So if this is something that you want and something that uh, you do or do not have experience with, I need to know about it. So I'm going to want to know if you want to offer cross-platform leaderboards or cross-save or cross-multiplayer, um, because we're going to have to take that into account in both the planning and um, the budgeting, as well as all the risks. And I think that should be it for the game details. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash 
publisher-list and you can get it for free. Check it out. So something else that we as a publisher, of course, have to think about is how are we going to market the game? And for that, we need to know what you've already thought of to make sure that your game can be marketed to as large an audience as possible. Um, so what I'm going to want to know about is, for example, is there any existing publicity? Um, do you already have a community? So for example, uh, is the name of your game already announced? Uh, are you doing development posts on social media? Uh, do you have a Discord that you're already building out? Have you shared a demo on itch? Um, maybe you've even already launched on Steam Early Access. Those are all things that were, again, not deal breakers at all, but that we want to know about so we can uh, gauge sort of what's already out there. In fact, there are titles that we've signed because they're in Early Access, because they've already proven to be great games. Um, it takes away a lot of risk. So want to know what's already out there and if there's a basis that we can build on. We also want to know um, about localization systems. So we want to know how many words your game already has and is expected to have because we know that localizing the game is incredibly important and to be able to reach as large an audience as possible. Uh, depending on your word count, the cost of localization is naturally going to go up. Uh, and we want to know if you have a system implemented, and if so, what kind of a system that is. Do you work with localization sheets or do you use a different tool entirely? Um, for that localization system, we are going to want to know if it supports multiple al alphabets, so not just the Latin alphabet, but also, for example, Cyrillic or Arabic or Asian languages. And uh, given Arabic, we also want to know if it supports different reading directions. Um, we also are going to ask about uh, whether your UI, if applicable, uh, can support um, languages that have that tend to have longer words or shorter words. Uh, so whether your UI is dynamic, um, and something that we've recently actually been uh, confronted with for the first time is when your dialogue or your strings are built up dynamically, um, and even when they can be spoken by multiple genders. Those are all things that we'd like to know about upfront, so we can correctly assess uh, how much it's going to cost and how long it's going to take to be able to correctly translate uh, your, your, your entire game. Uh, next is a topic that a lot of developers aren't very familiar with, but that's critical to make sure that your game actually launches to the right audience. Those are the age ratings. So most developers that we speak to have never uh, touched the age ratings before. Um, but just in case, I'm going to ask if you've already obtained any H ratings. And what I'm also going to do is make a very high level assessment of whether there is any objectionable content in your game. Um, and with that, I don't mean anything that is illegal worldwide, but also some cultural sensitivities. So I want to know uh, if your blood is red. I want to know if you have skulls. I want to know if there's pubic hair. I want to know if you show nipples. I want to know um, anything that may be offensive to one culture or another that we are already aware of. So those are also things that at this stage I'm going to be asking about and looking into. Continuing on that topic, uh, as mentioned, we are going to try and put the game into the market in um, the best way possible. We're going to want to make sure that it reaches as large an audience as possible. 
So what we um, always strive for is to offer customization and accessibility options uh, for as long as the, the planning and the budget allow for it. So that ranges from things like the standard settings. So to think graphic uh, or audio settings, but that's also uh, about, for example, enhancement modes for consoles. So a, a version that favors resolution versus uh, something that favors graphic uh, performance. Um, I'm also going to want to ask about whether your game already supports controllers. So a lot of the developers that we speak to uh, only have um, a PC version at that stage. So they, um, sorry, something popped up. Uh, they only have a PC version. They don't have controller support just yet. And um, we're also going to uh, ask if any uh, custom key or button mapping is implemented yet, or if it's scheduled, or if not, if it's possible at all, because that's something that we feel very strongly about. Similarly, there are a lot of easy, low-hanging fruit accessibility options, like adding a colorblind mode um, and that sort of thing to uh, make sure that your game is uh, suitable for as large an audience as possible. Uh, we also want to know uh, whether you are, your team is available for other opportunities. So we will be attending a lot of events just from a publisher standpoint, and that will be B2B as well as uh, B2C. So we'll be talking to uh, platform holders as well as consumers about all the games in our portfolio. And that means that we will be, um, we will get a lot of chances to showcase your game, um, but that also might require that we need a special event trial or demo build, which is not necessarily contained within your regular planning. Um, so we need to know uh, whether you're going to be available to develop that. And if you think back to the slide on the different teams, um, your availability and your flexibility are going to uh, impact that a lot. If you're only available on weekends and on, for example, Monday, we uh, get an opportunity. And yes, we actually, this does happen. So on Monday, we get offered an opportunity, but we need a build and all sorts of assets by Friday. And you are only going to be able to get us a build on Saturday. That's going to be too late. So that's the kind of thing where if we already know this ahead of time, maybe we can somehow mitigate that. Um, similarly, are you uh, available and or willing to implement platform APIs that are going to result in additional visibility? Um, of course, that needs to be, to be a trade-off. If that means uh, you're going to need more budget, if that means you're going to need a little bit more time, um, maybe it can't be implemented right away, that's all fine. Uh, but make it a discussion um, and let us know upfront whether that is something that you're willing to explore with us. And if you're not willing to uh, implement it, maybe there's a way that we can support with that externally. Uh, next up, you probably have a planning and a budget in mind uh, that is going to be a development planning primarily, not so much a publishing planning, especially uh, because you may not be familiar with that so much yet. So what I'm going to be looking at is what is the scope um, of the, the development that you have in mind? Does that align 
um, with what you've planned out for that? What kind of resources do you have available and when do you have them available? Is that going to be all throughout the project or just um, at certain times during development? And I'm also going to uh, nitpick about have you left room for all these other things that you may not initially have thought of? So uh, have you thought of the time that it takes to implement a localization system to add individual languages? Um, have you left time for uh, ratings to be requested because requesting them doesn't mean that they're going to instantly arrive? Um, have you left room for a QA period to really dig down deep into the functionality of your game and whether everything actually works the way it's supposed to? Have you left room for optimization to make sure that it run, uh, runs as flawlessly as it's supposed to on all the different Toyota platforms? Um, have you left room for submission? Because we get a lot of devs that will promise us we are going to uh, deliver a gold candidate and then we're going to be ready for release a week later. That's not a thing. So that is also something to keep in mind. Um, and especially when you have any sort of online functionality or multiplayer, you're going to have to multiply that time factor by at least two to be able to get through submission uh, correctly, especially if you're not that experienced yet. And something else that we have not really had any developers think about before is, but, is that we do box products and physical copies actually need to get produced. And that means that they, there is a factory somewhere that's going to be printing those discs or manufacturing those cartridges, and then they're going to get shipped worldwide, and that takes time. So that is also something that we have to fit into the planning somehow. Um, have you left, left buffers? So that is also very important in development. The only certainty you have is that there is uncertainty. So we're going to have to know um, how much buffer room you've given yourself in all the different development stages to uh, tackle any unforeseen circumstances. Uh, and another thing that especially my business development colleague always and, and sales always hammer on is what is your target release time frame? Um, there are times a year that work better for digital only titles and there are times a year that work better for retail titles. And if, for example, you are uh, a smaller indie project and you have a target release date of September, and you get delayed, you're going to end up in a period that is absolutely horrendous um, to release an indie game in. And that is something that for us, it's fine. We can carry over your release to Q1. It may impact sales, that is a trade-off, but can your studio handle that? Can Do you have enough of a financial and a time-wise buffer to manage that with your team? So that is also something that we're going to be looking very seriously at. Same really goes for the budget. Um, we're also there going to look at the scope. Uh, we want to know a little bit about, uh, again, harking back to the team part, um, how many people do you have? Uh, we won't necessarily always ask for a burn rate, but we do want to know um, how many people you have on staff uh, and how you, you, what kind of projects you do aside from this project to, to keep everything going. Um, I also want to note, we realize that life isn't fair and that geography heavily plays parts in that. So it is definitely something like if you have a team of 20 people in Brazil, they probably cost less than a people uh, than a team of five in San Francisco. So that is that is definitely something that we will also um, keep a close eye on. It also works the other way. So if you come to me with uh, a 
for example, a South American development team of three and you're asking for a million in one year for one year of development, I'm going to be asking some very hard questions about where you're getting that figure from uh, and for the, the budget buffer as well that ties into uh, the target release frame as well as just general unforeseen circumstances uh, like COVID. Uh, what is going, uh, how much space do you have uh, in, in your buffer? Moving on, uh, as I said, we are in this for the long haul. So we are going to want to know what the future for you holds. Uh, and we don't judge on judge for that. So if this for the, for you, this is a project that's a once off. You just want to make this game and then you want to move on to the next thing. That's fine. Um, but we are going to want to know about that as soon as possible because we want to explore uh, what that means for us, but as well uh, for the franchise, for our relationship with you and moving forward. So um, we want to know what's going to happen to your team. Do you want to build out this team? Do you want to stay the same size? Do you want to grow or do you want to go do something else entirely? Um, then we're going to dig into the future potential for the game. Like, are you going to be available for post-release support for patches like bug fixing, polishing, uh, adding additional languages, adding additional territories, that sort of thing. Um, we're also going to want to know if you're going to be available to create additional content. Think DLC, think a special edition, think anything like that. Um, are you going to be available to do a port to another platform? So for example, you've tackled all the major consoles, a new console generation is coming or a streaming platform might offer an opportunity. Is your team going to be available for that? And similarly, are you uh, going to be available to offer any sort of additional merchandise that is not in game? And for all of these things, if you are um, open to the idea of doing more of that, but you may not have the availability or the resources to do so, um, or you want to go do something else entirely, we want to know if there's a possibility that we can do it together with you without you actually doing the development work. Um, same goes for the future of the franchise. So what is the future of the IP in general? Um, are you open to doing a sequel? Are you open to having spin-offs made um, and other kinds of merchandise? Uh, and for those topics too, that is a question of, are you interested? Are you interested in doing that yourself? Are you interested in letting us do it, do it? Or are you not interested at all? So those are all topics that I'm going to want to know about um, beforehand as early as possible to make sure that uh, we are mutually aligned on all the different topics. And with that, I'm going to end up with a little short overview of the key takeaways. So a lot of the topics that I've discussed uh, are deep dives into individual aspects of what make your team, your project, and everything together um, a good or a bad fit for us as a publisher. Um, so think, for example, about the team. So what are who are the individuals? Who is the team? Uh, what is their history? What is their experience? And how does that play uh, with all the other elements? And what are the risks and opportunities involved? Um, for the game, sort of the, the technical config, what is the engine that you're working in? What kind of plugins are you using? What kind of licensed work is involved? And how optimized is your game? Um, 
For the game details, first off, just the deep dive into the game itself. So for the scope and the peripherals, um, what kind of platforms are you targeting and are you open to have either doing more or letting us do more? Uh, what is the gameplay time? What kind of modes are there? What kind of features are there? Um, what opportunities can we can we really jump in on in that regard? Um, and then for the details as well, uh, how are we going to be able to market your game? How are we going to make the most of that and reach the, the largest audience? Um, so what kind of existing buzz is there in the community and in socials? Um, are there options to uh, translate the game in as many languages as possible? And are there any, any potential obstacles in that road? Um, getting age ratings, if you already have any, if not for us to request them. Uh, what are the options for customizability and accessibility? Uh, and any other opportunities, are you available? And if not, would you let us help you with that? Um, I'm also, as mentioned, going to look at the planning and the budget. So I'm going to look at your development scope and resources, uh, at your buffer and at the release timeframe. And I'm going to look at both the planning as well as the budget for that and give you advice if need be. And then lastly, um, I'm going to want to know about the future potential um, I want to know about the future for your game. I want to know about the future for the IP, but I also want to know about the future for your team. And with that, I want to know if you're not going to be available, but you are willing, whether we can maybe do something with your, your game or your franchise moving forward. Then, uh, so it's fine if you ask questions. I'm going to always be in the Indie Game Business Discord. Um, you can easily reach me there, but I would also love for you to send me a LinkedIn connection request to stay in touch. I'd love to hear what you're working on. Um, I am not the right person to send your pitches to, so uh, feel free to reach out to our uh, through our website to, to actually pitch your games. Uh, I fortunately get uh, a more curated selection. I don't have to actually look at all the 500 to 600 games myself. Um, we have a great team to do that, but uh, I would love to hear what you're working on. Um, feel free to, to hit me up. And if anyone else has any questions, uh, please let me know. All right. Let me see, chat. Let's see. Thank you, Junie. That was. Hi, Day. That was awesome. So I have a question. We know that Q4 is a, is a difficult time for, for yes. retail launches a lot, especially for, for indie teams and, and, and smaller studios. But you mentioned there are better times and worse times for digital. Can you elaborate on that? Right. So that is a perfect question for my colleague and not for me. But so far, right, where's Hans? Uh, <laughs> Hans is in the chat, actually. So Hans is also in the Indie Game Business Discord. So whenever you have questions that I'm not able to answer, then I can forward them to him anytime. Um, and you can also ask them of him there. Uh, what so far we've we've tried uh, is basically stay out of the water of those retail uh, uh, times like, for example, right when the vacation money arrives um, or whenever a new next generation launches or, of course, the holiday periods. Um, so things that we've we've tried for digital only titles uh, would be like early Q1 uh, or middle of the summer. 
um, and to varying levels of success. But that is, of course, something that Hans could definitely tell you more about. All right. So we, we have a question from Kevin. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm assuming that's Kevin. Is there any terminology features, key items in a pitch that immediately let a publisher know that you're serious and professional, like keywords on a resume almost? Um, not necessarily. Um, there's a lot of stuff that like, if you have, uh, information, not in the pitch per se. So if after the pitch, you will follow up with us with a lot of the information that I've asked, for example, you make me a very happy camper because then I don't have to ask for those things. Um, that said, we work with a lot of devs that don't have as much experience and that's not a deal breaker at all for us. So. Uh, we work with a lot of solo devs that are working on their first game or maybe uh, the first game by themselves. Um, it's not a problem if you don't have that experience because we are here to be an extension of your team and help with that. Um, so there, you can make my life easier uh, by in, including a lot of that in, information that I've asked for in this, this, uh, uh, this presentation, but it's not necessary per se. <laughs> Frank says, do you know of other publishers other than Epic Games with the same breathtaking deals? Um, again, not a question for me, but for my colleague. So, Frank, I, I can give you a little bit of insight into that. There are publishers at every end of the spectrum. There are, you know, we see ones that only want to do rev share deals. We see companies like the AAA teams that are willing to drop tens of millions of dollars into them. There are a lot out there. We at the Powell Group at my real job track over 700 of them. And I'm going to drop a link in chat here. And you can literally go to our website and download that list of publishers so you can look over it and do your research. Honestly, though, every publisher is a unicorn as much as every team and every project is. So a breathtaking deal can be entirely different depending on what project you have and what publisher you're talking to. So there's a lot of variables that come into play. So from, from Smoothcape, what is one of the biggest turnoffs when dealing with a new indie development team? Uh, there, there are a lot of things that can negatively impact that kind of, that kind of relationship. So not receiving responses, that is definitely a relationship burner. Um, if you are talking to multiple publishers, that's fine. We understand that. But make sure that you get back in touch with us if you decide that we are not the party you want to move forward with or if you have a different deal on the table that's very interesting to you engage in that conversation with us um, but i think the there isn't really something within an individual project that turns us off as much as just not responding um, something else is not reading up on what we do so for example for this actual event um, I was I was laughing with my colleagues about one of the pitches that we received, the, the, the meeting requests that we received, and I, I put it in the Indie Game Business Discord as well, is I put very clearly put in my profile that I'm not the right person to receive initial pitches. On top of that, we do console and PC and premium. 
So the connection request that I get is, will you please look at my mobile FTP game? That means you kind of haven't done your research. It's not that hard to read the two lines on my profile that say that I'm not the right person for this project at all, ever. So that is also something that, that heavily influences us. Yes, attention to detail and, and reading the manual are are high on that list of, and that goes to from like, you know, the looking professional part. It's hard to take somebody seriously when, you know, they're obviously random spamming different publishers at a at an event. So it is, it's when you're working with something like Meet the Match, it says right there, this is yeah. what I'm looking for. And if you're not in there, then don't, don't send it. Yeah. Um, yeah so like Judy said, she is, always around our discord and i will thank you Junie, because you are one of the most prolific feedback offerers that we have and you know we do appreciate that very much um so stay tuned folks you can hop over to the discord and talk to Junie and a lot of the rest of our guests along the way and i am frantically looking to see what is coming up next because i'm having that kind of morning um oh yes we got mark mincher coming up from game recruiter and he's going to be yes. talking about your digital resume how to search for a job online you know which is pretty key right now um and so yeah any questions you have about careers and jobs we're going to come back in about 10 minutes and have that one. So make sure wherever you are watching us, uh, be it on, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, LinkedIn, give us a follow. And that way you get you a little notification when the next talk goes live. Cause we're doing this for the rest of today and then tomorrow as well. So thank you, Junie. We will see you in the discord and I highly Absolutely. appreciate you doing this, especially being well, like moving. So <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, as mentioned, if you have any other questions, I'll be around in the Discord. Um, feel free to hit me up anytime. Oh, we, we did get one from Erica. Except Ooh. I lost it. There we go. Uh, obviously, it's better if you have a big community built, but is it better to have an unannounced title or a title that has been announced but with little pickup when it's brought to you? Um, I think that depends per publisher for us. Uh, we don't really care either way. Um, what it's going to do is give us a bit of a feel for what the community is already saying about your project. So generally speaking, I'm happy to look at any project that's already out there um, because even if you only get a few responses, they're probably going to be saying things that uh, are useful for us to look into. Um, we don't expect you to be marketing ex experts. I mean, that's kind of what we're here to help you with. So if you haven't hit it off yet, that's fine. Um, but it does help us get a bit of a feel of the community response. So if you have uh, put your game out there and you get a couple of play testers, for example, saying like, hey, these are the features that I really like and these are, are some things that you could really still work on, that's going to give us a basis to start from. So even if it's just a handful of people, we're still very, very happy to be able to see what's already out there. So I, maybe, maybe my colleagues would feel differently, but for me personally, I'm always happy to see a title already out there. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.